This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Welcome to Reimagine Law. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Akbar Datu, CEO and founder of D2 Legal Technology, but also someone who's had a fascinating career path, which we're going to talk about um, today. And also ticks another of our boxes on Reimagine Law, thinking about some new new areas of legal practice as well and new ways that the sector is moving in. So we'll have a quite wide ranging conversation uh, as well, but but thinking about certainly some looking back on your uh, career, uh, Akbar, but great to have you with us and thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Nigel. Great to be here. Fantastic. Um, well, let's jump 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 straight in. Um, and, and Akbar, I know, um, obviously, working in the legal sector now, but that wasn't always the case. And I think, uh, you, from memory, you you chose to study computer science at university. So, just to get us started, you know, what attracted you to that area, and perhaps what did you really enjoy about it as well? Probably just an area that I felt I was I was good at. You know, I, you know, I, I very much grew up on computer games and and, and loved <laughs> kind of the idea of, of writing my own computer games. Um, I managed to get um, some work experience with a computer software company. Oh. And I mean, it was great. You know, I was one of the few people with a job that was reviewing computer games. You know, I get this <laughs> computer game that was on the like most wanted list of everyone in my class. I'd get it before it came out in the shops and then I'd get paid to play it and then write a review <laughs> for it um, for PC Pro Magazine. So, you know, I, I'd always been in that sort of area yeah. and, and loved that. Um, and I felt that this was a good way to build on, on on something that I just really enjoyed doing and and some very good advice I got was to to make sure that what you study at university is something that you're passionate about and 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 love doing and and yeah that was half of the battle very good and and just one thing you've hinted at there Ak, if I understood correctly because you mentioned in your class so that was an interest that started quite early you were still was that still at school when you were doing some Absolutely. of those things yeah fantastic okay so so some very early interest there because for our listeners um we're always aiming to help people think about pathways and about how they get work experience and where they, as you say, things they're passionate about. So, so there was an early interest. You say you were reviewing, you were, did you also say you were writing stuff? Were you beginning to almost write reviews, but also were you getting involved in almost, was there any technical analysis at that stage? Technical in that, you know, I would be playing the game and then giving my thoughts around it, it, its enjoyability, how difficult it was, it, it was it was a review, right, to try and encourage sure. people to buy yeah. or, or not to buy a, a particular game in, in you know in, in in many ways. You know, it, it's something that you, you know this idea that someone would pay you to to to, to play a game <laughs> is, is is still incredible for me. Very good. And then and then university happened. You said you'd found something you were really passionate about and interested in. Um, how how did the how did that phase then de- develop? And what did you explore there that looking back you found really interesting? So so just just one observation that that I always keep coming back to is so 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 I ended up at, at Cambridge University and and you know some of the the listeners may know that the computer science course there is is maybe a little bit different from, from okay. a number of other places you you turn up and and obviously there's a lot of people who have a very strong interest in for example uh, programming mm. And, you know, in many ways, you know, you, you, you're surrounded by a cohort that is is very impressive in terms of their experience of key programming languages such as C++. And then the, the, the teaching staff turn up and then tell you that you're going to be learning this programming language called ML that no one's heard about. <laughs> um, 
and and I'm, I'm very grateful for that now, although maybe not at the time. Yeah. And it was explained to us as if we started with something like C++, mm. you wouldn't really understand the fundamentals of why things happen or are done in particular ways. We want you to understand principles such that there is a new language that comes up. There is a new, um, you, you know, technology stack that, that that emerges. We want you to be able to understand the basic principles. It means that you won't be as fast if, for example, your the work that you do hereafter is in C++. You know, it will take you some time to apply the principles that we've taught you. Mm. But nonetheless, we feel that this is a better way forward to equip you to 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 you know, to, to to be a, an expert in this area. And 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 you know, I, I can certainly see that playing out thereafter with programming languages, for example. But I think it's also very true in law, in, in every area, your financial mm. services. You know, I think it's some, some, something that's that stayed with me that, that, you know, it's all about understanding the principles and why as opposed to, you know, seeing it in a very narrow particular concept. That's interesting, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so it's almost drawing out the breadth, the principles, as you say, let's okay. There's the detail of say in that case the program that we're looking at, but and then how what are the more widely applicable aspects I need to think about and almost take away from that yes. as well. Yeah, very 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 interesting. Um, and then so that was that was the degree. And and while you were at university, because you know I'm just going to come on to say that then after that I know you developed your interest in the in the legal sector. But was there anything you were beginning to think about at university whilst doing the computer science in terms of other subject areas too? You know, law would have been the furthest thought in my mind. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. I, I very much was um, as far away from, you know, essays and writing as you could be. You know, very much um, seeing code as my my day to day, or, or or very kind of structured data. It was kind of the the way I describe it, right? You know. Um, yeah. Uh, no, very much focused on the computer science um, pieces. You know, I, I developed quite a, a passion for ray tracing and, and uh, 3D animations. Okay. Um, but it looked kind of linked yeah. to the um, the computer science. Yeah, very good. Okay, so there was a lot of depth of and in, in enjoying that. Um, and then how did the, you know, as you began, because I know later in your career, which we're going to come on and talk about now, you know, there was the step across towards the legal sector. What led to that interest, do you think? So some, sometimes you look back on um, what happens in life and, and, and you know, there's, there's a number of coincidences or things that you don't quite know where they're going to lead. I think the first thing is that, you know, I, I, um, I started work or, or, you know, was, was looking for internships. Let's, let's start yep. there in my penultimate mm. year. Um, and, you know, I think looking back on it, the main motivation was to get some money so I could go traveling around the world. And okay. my friends were linguists. Um, I'm sure that says something about me. And, and they were certainly making use of their year out to go to mm -hmm. the you know, wonderful places around the world, as opposed to maybe the, the most obvious places. You know, for example, a friend of mine doing French went to Senegal as opposed to wow. France because it meant he could travel the world. So, so I very much looked for an internship, probably for the wrong reasons, so it could fund some travel around the world and ended up in investment banking you know, because, because that, that was my path to travel. 
and and so very much stumbled across this area of um, investment banking and derivatives. Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 would then turn out to be the one constant in my career. You know, I, I did the internship. I loved it. I was on a trading floor, the nice buzz and dynamicism of a trading floor, particularly in those days. Um, and it was a nice mix of computer science and business that, that, that really was the thing that attracted me to it. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I went back there after finishing my degree and, 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 and again, very much as far away as you could from the law in many ways. Mm. And it's interesting how um, I, I think this is an example of learning how pervasive, how all encompassing the law is to everything that we do in life and, and, and how it touches so many things. So, so I was a quant, so I used to model complex derivatives, you know, so yeah. um, th- th- there was a, a, a very famous um, formula and, and, and uh, mathematical models developed around, um, uh, you know, how you would price and understand derivatives, mm-hmm. um, you know, a fiercely technical mathematical area. Um, and, you know, we were trying to get more and more sophisticated in the models that we would produce. Yeah, you know, we would be talking to the people putting on the trades. We'd be understanding the okay. nuances of the trades and, and trying to, to try, try, trying to build that out. I, I thought to myself, well, well, how do I how do I get better at this? Right. And, you know, there's this constant desire to be better than the other houses to do this. Um, I, I, I thought to myself, you know, you know, we're trading something, you know, you're buying or selling something. You know, if I'm buying or selling antiques cars mm. what would i do you know yeah. it, i would i would want to really be at the top of my game of understanding the thing that i'm trading and and for me that was all about being able to touch walk around something and really understand it so you could model it or or or, or know how to treat it in the right way you know let, let's talk about antiques or oil paintings for example you know i envisage if, if someone is trading oil painting it's imperative that they walk up to the painting they look at it they observe it they see every blemish they see every stroke yes what it is and be able to, to imagine it and and then i kind of felt i had a bit of a problem because well, well these are derivatives these are financial instruments they're a bit abstract I can't okay. really see them. Yes. And 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 so I felt almost like, well, well, how am I going to get better at this? You know? Yeah. Um, the, the problem I've got is that I, I can't really appreciate it and I'm missing a lot of nuances to it. And I guess it's at that point that I said to myself, but but what is it that instantiates this? Mm. Well, it's just a contract. It's yes. a series of contractual obligations. You know, as, as I would find out later, it's a series of contractual obligations. Then there's some implied terms. There's, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, statutory terms that might apply. There's regulation, etc. But, but, but fundamentally, this is what brought me to the law. Yes, I felt that if I could better understand the shape of these contractual obligations, the rights, the obligations, what needed to happen, then we could price those into things. I, I had a very interesting um, moment where, where I, I, you know, I, I went to my manager. I was managing a team of um, six people in London, six in New York, mm-hmm. and, and you know, we, we we were really enjoying ourselves. And, and I went to my my manager with a you know, proposal to say, look, I think we should really factor in the precise contractual terms. Mm-hmm. And you know, he was very very supportive, and and so you know, I remember very clearly going up to the legal. Uh, team a couple of floors up sure. and, and talking about what we did how we did it and and the role i felt for uh these documents 
And I'll never forget how this all played out because my heart just sank when I came across a legal function that was clearly phenomenal in terms of their understanding of the black letter law. This was clearly a uh, you know a, 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 a very detailed area. They 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 very clearly understood the regulation, the law, the contract, mm, etc. Mm. But they were very much an advisory function. And right. I felt they were a bit divorced from being part of the business. Yeah. Which which I really couldn't understand. And 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 I feel I understand it now a bit more because in many ways, through our professional requirements as lawyers, we're, we're, we're taught to be a bit um, disengaged from the business in, in, in many yeah. ways. Independent, objective. Yes. Um, but, but, you know, f- for example, they didn't really know where the contracts were. Okay. And, and I would say to them, but you drafted them. And they would, you know, explain that they were there to help put the documents in place. Mm. And, you know, it then became the business whose responsibility it was to store these documents. Okay. And then if something did go into dispute or become litigious or something, then then we could wheel them out almost and they would guide us. But that really didn't make sense to me because we don't put contracts or these derivatives or financial instruments in place for the journey of putting them in place. Mm. We don't put them in place so we can go to court and dispute them. Mm. We put them in place so we can do business. And yeah. and trade and 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 and, and to, you know meet our trading objectives. So in the prime time of these financial instruments, another way of interpreting the messaging I got was we're going to go missing on you. And so unsurprisingly, we didn't know where the contracts were in a lot of cases. Hmm. The business didn't really understand that they were there meant to look after the documents. It became very clear to me that these documents were not straightforward. 10 pages, but one document. There was document architecture. And yeah. and, and some of the founders of the, 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 the document architecture and the legal uh, framework around which derivatives are traded had created this wonderful modular architecture where there was like a preprint of the document that was published by a trade association called ISDA. There was a schedule where people would negotiate the documents. There were amendments that people would make over time. There were master confirmation agreements. There were confirmations. There were protocols. There were a whole slew of annexes. Yes. And quite frankly, we really didn't understand that as a business. Mm. So it's about, yeah, so a lot of that is, it's really interesting, isn't it? How you bring together different functions almost as, as the business, as you say, you know, is that one a bit too detached from us two floors down, for, for example, and almost how, how can we best make one plus one equal three, or for example? And, 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 and fundamentally, you know, it's great that I was trying to work out how to better price these things. Yes. But what become became apparent to me very quickly was forget pricing them as a firm we really didn't understand them. And you need to understand them when they're in place. You need to make better business decisions. You know, you may have certain rights, certain actions you can take if certain um, events occur. Mm. You need to know about that because that will inform our risk profile, our profitability, et cetera. Um, and, And, you know, I then started talking to some of the other departments that I felt needed to know this information you know um the, the, the you know places where, where payments were made where deliveries right. were made uh, collateral teams where you know you're, you're you're using that as a risk mitigant and um you know they equally had a need to know what was in 
the contract, they equally didn't really have full access or understanding of these documents. And everyone had built their own databases of their of the legal agreement terms. And I just thought this was incredible that that we're all doing the same thing, which is never mm. a good sign in terms of you know inefficiency. But fundamentally, we didn't understand the document, and that was that was my that 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 was the moment that did it for me. Almost seeing the application of law and contracts yeah. needed, particularly in today's digital age, we needed to move to a place where you know the contract became so much more present for all of these other functions. And the way to do that, given the increasing use of technology and data within these functions, was through um, technology and data. Yeah, yeah, and and just to, um, just my observations, picking out as we go go through ACBA. But again, it's interesting that when you were at university, you said you you know you had this um, that memory of you know it was about the broader principles and it's about you know standing back and almost trying to draw out things. And again, it's interesting, you know, my observation. So I don't know how much you'd agree with it, but it, it's interesting that again you're is again it's standing back from the detail. It's almost saying, well, what is going on at a broader picture here, at a bigger picture, and how does this link link to all the departments and Yes. stuff like that and understand the principles again and, and you know what this means for us as well um that's that's really fascinating and then and then from there I, I know then there was you obviously you had a phase of career where you went into to private practice so how did that happen so you were getting more interested in the law all the things you've just said and and that understanding those, unsta- those underlying principles around the contracts things and then you decided to uh to go into the into sort of a, a, le- a legal sector role well, well, so 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 I felt that you know I tr- I tried talking to the legal function. And I said, look, um, mm. we need to know more about the contracts. Yeah, we want, we'd like you to own this. We'd like okay. you to own the management of these contracts, and we'd like you to send us a data representation of what this means because you understand the contracts. You can tell us what we need to know from them, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. you, you know that that's your expertise. And they kind of looked at me and said, but we're lawyers, effectively, but we, we, we don't do data. Um, and, and I said, no, no, but you don't understand. You are, you, you know, you are best placed to do this. You know, the, 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 your understanding is phenomenal here. Mm. And, and you know, it, um, an observation later on, you, you know, would be that, you know, I think lawyers very much underestimate what they can bring to an organization yeah. by taking this we're advisors only route as opposed to seeing what they can add to a, a, a business. Um, and, and ultimately, I got very fed up because I felt that I kept saying, I need this from you. And they said, but we can't. And I couldn't understand why. Mm. Um, and, 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 and in frustration and a bit of healthy reading of Richard Susskind's The End of Lawyers, which, which resonated at the time, I have to say, um, you know, I, I, I said, right, I am going to become one of these people. So I will do it myself if I have to. Um, and I felt that I wouldn't be accepted Um if, it, if I just did it with a technology hat on, you know, I saw, you yeah. know, sometimes they would say, well, you wouldn't understand, you know, the, the law's complicated, um, you know, you wouldn't understand. And, and and I felt the only way in which I could overcome that was to retrain as a lawyer and, okay. and spend some time in, 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 in a private practice firm. Very interesting. And so, um, so sorry, just let me get in my almost like a timeline point. So by that stage, you worked in in that role and had that phase of your career. Um, how how long had that been? So roughly. Um, uh, so 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 it was three and a bit years. So it's three and a bit years where you've been noticing all those things, and then you retrained, and then and then I think you you told me once before, Akbar, that you specifically sought out you know because of your expertise in the derivative side, you were particularly interested in in one or two firms. 
Yes, so 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 you know, I, I managed to secure a training contract with with Alan Overy. They, um, you know, at the time, ISDA, which is the trade association. Mm. So so everything that happens in the derivative space really happens through through ISDA. Yeah, and and they would yeah they lived in the Alan Overy building. Okay. Um, such was the relationship they had. They would build the industry documentation forms, you know, for ISDA that would then kind of, you know, be rolled out to the industry. And it was very clear that, that that's where I needed to work if if I wanted to to really yeah, kind of uh, uh, go further in this area. So, so yeah, look, it, it was great, you know, Magic Circle Law Firm, um, you know, and, and just the sheer expertise that you were surrounded by was, mm. was phenomenal. Mm. And what, what were some of your takeaways? So, because obviously, very different environment. You said trading floor and the type of environment you've described. They're going into private practice. What are your your memories now, looking back, of almost I don't know, just the cultural or the environmental change that you you noticed? I, I mean, if if I found the in-house lawyers removed from the business, then that was only going to be exacerbated. Yeah. When you went into private practice, um, I think. Um, you know, there's this natural distance. Sometimes it's the in-house lawyers instructing you that create mm. that distance from the business yes. seems yeah. for you. Um, look, I, I saw a, a definite culture of innovation there. Okay. But, yeah. but, but you know, interestingly, innovation means different things to different of people. Of course. And I, and I think coming from a technology um, background, it was a very different type of innovation. And, and, and I think, you know, um, the other thing that I realized very quickly is is law is for very good reason um cautious as a as a yeah. you know you know if if we are going to someone to help us um fight for our liberty for example you know sure suspect we wouldn't want the lawyer we go to turning around to us and say, oh, I've got a really good idea I've not tried it before but let let's give it a go you know that that's not the way that's not what we would want you know equally I was um really amazed by the use of precedent um okay. and you know yeah it, it all it all started to make sense you know it, it's also the way the law works in terms of case law the way you know the the, the legal system works here it, you, you know it, you know it it's very much rooted in try something and then reuse it as opposed to i guess innovation for me is about try something fail fast and try something else and actually be quite embracing of you know, failing quickly. Yes. Because you know, the more times you fail early on, the 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 the, the faster you get to the right solution. Yeah. But but again, culturally, um, at any law firm or in the legal profession, getting things wrong is not really tolerated. You know, so so that was amazing to me. I mm. think also. Um, the, 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 just how hard people work. You know, I, I thought we worked hard at, um, you know, uh, the bank. Um, just this uh, ability to pull all nighters and 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 yeah. you know, get it right even at three a.m. Right in terms of where yeah, yeah, where, yeah. where where the comma goes. So I think that was that was a great understanding. But but equally, the flip side of that was that you know, noticing that there weren't these techniques around project management and critical path analysis, okay. the dependencies, yeah. even though you were part of some massive transactions that were occurring yeah. and something elsewhere within the transaction that was happening, but almost this idea that, well, the law just, it takes a certain amount of time and and, and we just need to go through the process. And, you mm. know, the, the, I guess the, the, the kind of... Uh, 
the hours culture stemming from the fact that you know the the, the instructing business have gone home and, and you've just got all the time however long it takes in yeah. order to get the draft out or all the documents out or all the analysis yeah it, it's really interesting because as we go through this i mean you've talked about different environments we've talked about the university and the computer science and some of the mindsets and ideas there the banking and now moving into the legal sector and and uh, you know you and i chatted before about transferable skills and you've already highlighted a bit things like you know the project management that you've just touched on there akbar i suppose and the say that whole concept of okay there are dependencies here or you know how do we go how are we going to manage this process or the whole mindset point of actually how can we learn by something not going 100 percent okay I, I remember a maths teacher of mine at school and um <laughs> a wonderful fellow um and i remember um doing you know it was just one of these small tests that we got yeah yeah, yeah. out of 20 I got 20 out of 20 or something and I remember him kind of making a bit of a face at me when when, when he gave it back to me and I said well isn't this good and he said well you not learned anything I said well, what do you mean and he said well, what did you achieve by doing that yeah so yeah <laughs> some yeah truth to that the, the other thing that that just discussing this with you just just r reminds me of something later on that would happen you know mm. so working for a, a chief data officer and a, a cfo for for an investment bank in terms of you know giving some uh helping with the decision making based on this legal agreement they uh, yeah. yeah and i remember the cfo turning around to me and saying akbar i don't need you to be 100 percent right Ah, interesting. You know, okay. I, yeah. I, I, I'm in a tough spot. I need to jump left or jump yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and either way has got its upsides and downsides. But I yeah. can tell you something. If you don't make me jump e either way, that's that's the problem. Yes. Right? You know. And, yeah. And, and, we need and, to make a decision. We need to take action. Yeah. I, I, I don't think anyone yeah. ever told me that in a law firm or in a purely legal That's interesting. Context, right? You know, yeah. th th this, is, this is about just helping people understanding that the world is imperfect in terms of information that you have data that you have and 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 and, and just you know you know and, and look I, I guess we do do that in legal advice but mm. sometimes mm. We, we we forget about that yeah great point you know and also being really you know clients say they would like commercial commercial perspectives and things so again it's not the caveating it's actually helping them make decisions really isn't it so quite quite often and, and, as well and the other thing that you know we do a lot of work now at d2lt on on legal opinions and digitization of legal opinions and mm. you talked about caveating that you know legal opinions come with a whole list of assumptions and qualifications yeah. and it's super interesting for me around sometimes we put so many assumptions and qualifications as lawyers to, to manage legal risk yeah yeah you know, and this this worry about negligence but sometimes it goes so far that we actually undermine the utility of the actual advice itself. You know, yeah, this... where do you where do you find that balance for the client, especially? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether it's a in-house client who's a CFO, for example, whether you're in house world, or whether it's you know your client, you say where you're one step removed working for the GC yes. in a private practice, for example. But yeah, constant of time. But let's you've hit, you've just moved to some nicely there, Act. But to think about you know. The own your own global business that you founded so you're in private practice you'd obviously got these thoughts around you know this is the type of area that i've now built my knowledge in this is where i see the problems so how did how did it then happen that you you moved out and founded um d2lt and in the whole development of that which sounds fascinating so so a financial crisis happened with the collapse of, of course the, whilst i was yeah. at allen overy and 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 you know, much as i thought that um you know the the legal agreement data was important for 
business optimization and mm. optimization reasons, the financial crisis put it into a whole new context where all of a sudden the regulators were now forcing these institutions to say, well, look, you don't know what you've agreed to. You don't know what's in these contracts. You don't understand the impact. So so that, I think that was a key moment as, 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 as well. Um, and actually, I was on secondment with one of the banks at the time and so saw firsthand the scramble to just find documents that were in piles in an office, wow. you know, as opposed to... You know, in the database, which is ultimately where I think they should be, and and, and easily searchable, and, and and knowing exactly the impact of event market events. Um, you know, I, I I felt at a point where, you know, I was competent in terms of understanding um, the law. You know, certainly, you know, working in the derivatives team at ANO mm. put you there. We, we were great clients, etc. Yeah, and so you know, I I just felt it was time to to. To, to try something out so so you know i i um I, I i i i just left and said look i would like to um try advising financial institutions on digitization of their their, their documents because mm. the business optimization angle and and the regulatory requirement now yeah um and and i and i guess the rest is is history and that you know it, it was just by chance that someone that i'd met along my journey on secondment you know was was uh head of the IB legal function at, at a bank. And yeah, he said to me, look, um, I've, you know, the, the, the bank has brought in one of the big four to advise on, on, on mm. systems and data and optimizing their, their, their capital. Um, I'm not sure they really understand the laws as they wouldn't. Not the law yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you come in and kick the tires? Because I, I hear you finally started to try out your dream and, and look, it was, I think it was, you know, I, I opened up on the Monday thinking I'd have six months of just trying to do some exploration and, and just, yeah. you know, find my feet and, and work out what I was offering and what I wasn't offering. Yeah. And, and you know, on, on the Tuesday, I just got this call from from someone and, and it's, the, the stars really did align for me. Right. And you know, it was um in fact, I signed myself up for a Prince Two course on the project okay. team yeah. again. You know, and, and so that was uh, that was interesting in that um, uh, you know I had to hastily kind of postpone that half, kind of halfway through, and and I ended up on on just a, a three month project um, mm. to to try and help that then turned into a I think overall yeah this this bank then spent close to a hundred million on a legal agreement data framework that I helped guide. And, wow. and through this, you know, um, D2LT grew in terms of you know, the advisory work we did there. Can, can I just ask, Asper, as well, was that, a, was that quite a new thing in banks for them to put in place that architecture and things? Was that quite groundbreaking at the time? Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and in fact, the three-month piece that I did was, 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 you know, my task was to explain what they ought to do. Ah, okay. So it was the strategy of almost the that, yeah. That, that was the strategy, and and yeah. and I remember very clearly at some point sitting down with the legal function, and in the room coming to the conclusion as a group to say this is much bigger than legal. It, it was wow. interesting how the journey took me into yes, and yeah, out of legal back right? there, and, 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 yeah. and you know ultimately I was I was asked to yeah. go work for the the the, the CFO, um, yeah. and 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 you know although an incredible spend amazing how the advantages they got from a capital liquidity collateral optimization perspective hmm. was many multiples of that wow now you could never justify that within a legal function that was always viewed as a cost as a cost center yeah whereas yeah. the moment you were working for someone like a cfo it was 
well, what does this gate give me? What, yeah. What yeah. And that's yeah. even before we put into place the regulatory overlay to say, well, you know, fine avoidance, sanctions avoidance. Um, so, 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 so that was truly incredible. So, so this then became about actually, you know, it, it's funny how things, the stars just lined up, right? This was now solving my original problem when yes. I started work to say, how do we understand the legal agreement terms and make better business decisions from it? So, so you know, faced with needing lawyers who were prepared to think in a data-centric way. Yeah, yeah. How fascinating. So as you say, it, it comes completely full circle from almost the original problem, let's call it, you know, the original challenge you, you noticed in the in those trading floors that, you know, the environment, you move through, you build the credibility, and then you move back, you move back, bring those transferable skills from lots of the computer science thinking and everything. I'd love to say I planned the financial crisis <laughs> to help the business case as well. But, well, so, but, but also... But there's something really interesting here about, as you say, where you sit, where, you know, how you can best um, almost sell things to an organization as well. And actually, you know, emphasize the value creation that, you know, using some of the technology will will have as well. And, you know, and then how you can bring in the legal function almost, as you say, to help solve, solve that problem as well. Um, I'm really conscious of time, Akbar. I, I could speak for much about something. It's been absolutely fascinating. But um, just one thing, um, one thing we often talk about when people are, um, well, just there were just two final questions. First of all, I suppose, law and technology, just a minute or two on how you see that future landscape developing. I know you work very much with financial institutions, but your observations would be fascinating. Um, this is really the moment for that. You know, I, yeah. I think things such as, GPT, large language models, AI, yeah. uh, uh, helping us focus on that. I think I think that comes with dangers. I think there's a lot of um, uh, kind of blind alleys that we're going down, but there's a lot of possibility mm. as well. And I think if we focus on the data, focus on uh, you know ensuring that we don't just see it as a legal problem, yeah. but solving business problems and using the technology angles brought to us then um, th this is the golden era about to start, really. So, so I'm, I'm super excited about that. And I think we're, we're also seeing a change of people coming into the law who mm. are a lot more tech savvy and hopefully can, can challenge the way in which we approach business problems and not just use the last way we did it within a law firm or within an in-house legal yeah. firm. So provided we do that, golden era about to start. Fantastic. And just just one final question that I often ask, and I'm not sure this was on my list, but it, I'll just give you, I'll say it so you have a minute, oh, half a minute to think about it, is we often say to ourselves about advice to our younger selves. You know, if we were now looking back to people, say many of our listeners are towards the beginning of their career, thinking about pathways they could choose, what advice would you give your younger self, do you think? I think following your passion, I think yeah. is crucial. And I think that served yeah. me well in every phase of this. Yeah. Um, and and really making sure that you you understand the underlying root causes or, or issues and, and and not allowing yourself to be um, drawn off course around that. You know, I I feel I've seen it. For example, you know, when you come to the financial crisis and, and mm. look back on it, you know, I, I look back on times where you wanted to ask a stupid question: Why is yes. it that these things are getting AAA rated kind of pieces? You know. Yeah why and and people would just almost look at you and and and, and almost how, how dare you ask yes and I, yeah. I see that again in the context of ai and gpt and 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 and, and, and technology making sure you're, you're not afraid to ask 
question. Yeah, the challenge. Yeah, so do, do the challenge. Do the challenge yeah. and, and make sure you have that depth of understanding, as you say, Akbar. Yes. Yeah, completely agree. No, great, great points and great advice for everyone. Thank you. Well, that's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for your time. And listeners, I hope you found there, first of all, you know, an idea of some future career paths, some areas of trends where the, where the sector's going. Also heard of how you can take transferable skills into different pathways as Akbar has gone along with his example. Um, and Akbar, just been a, been a real pleasure. We'll do the show notes and put those on the platforms. But uh, thank you for listening, everyone. And hopefully you'll listen to us soon on another episode of Reimagine Law. Thank you very much, Akbar. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.